0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer.
1: Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by BlueBet.
2: Campbell responsibly, call 1 800 858
1: 858. Before we get into our Ryko filters, Feature interview. You can ask your Mechanic Riker filters to professional's choice. And what a feature interview it is, too. Would you call him the Doyen of V8 Supercars slash Australian Touring Car Championship stats? 100%. That's Matty's word, Doyen. 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 I think he's absolutely
2: the Doyen. Yeah, as as we alluded to through the week, Nimsy. I didn't want to bring it up straight away at the start of the show, but... He's actually speaking into the right microphone tonight. So. <laughs> and Mate, thank you to everyone on up socials. On the socials. <laughs> absolutely.
3: <laughs> that was a rip-up, oh, absolutely. Thank you for doing that, Nimsy, and pointing it out again to And
1: <laughs> I got absolutely smashed up on that. And rightly so, too. But in complete contrast to that, we've got the biggest pro when it comes to supercars media. Please welcome our guest, Aaron Noonan.
0: Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And you uh-huh. extended the budget for that fanfare? Because seriously, I didn't get that last time. If you will that every time, I'm happy to pick up the phone.
3: That's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> Mate, we only we bring the, student, the, live the live studio live studio audience in
1: only for the important people. Well, the last time you we were on, we, were, we had COVID restrictions, so the audience can be here. That's right.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: It was a closed <laughs> set driver's <laughs> seat. <laughs>
3: hey, uh, welcome Noonsie, because it's been a little while since we've. Um, We've had you on the show. It's, I, I reckon this would be your first time up at bat for twenty twenty one. I would imagine. I think we I spoke. Think to that you last about right. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our
0: yearly chinwag. Uh, you in boys Denver. doing an awesome job on the show in recent weeks and months. Um, yeah, I think it's last year. I think I was locked down this time yes. last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think, I you, think you just put an asterisk next to that no matter what state you live in at the moment because it's <laughs> five yeah, seconds. Well. You, just, you don't know, do you? Let's talk about car racing. Let's not
3: talk about COVID, huh? <laughs> That's right. So what have you been up to, mate? Because well, you've, you've um – You've been you've been writing, scribing, researching, doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, in the background for your DJR books. They sold out. Your HRT books they sold out, and the the new baby, the new one in the parking lot, is the Perkins Engineering book. Give us the uh, give us the, the lowdown on that.
0: Yeah, well, the, the the two magic words of book publishing sold out. It's the two <laughs> words that you want to hear all the time, do not you? Uh, the the only other word you want to hear after that is a reprint. But a lot of the books we're dealing in, we've got massive. Um, love for motorsport fans. We've got a massive love for the sport, as you all know, and a lot of your listeners know. So uh, we've put together a lot of books with the histories of the cars from the teams. So Holden Racing Team, Dick Johnson Racing, they were huge. Limited edition, we only print a certain number. Uh, In the case of the Perkins Engineering book, we're printing 2,500. Sounds like a lot, but it's actually, it's probably a bit like a model car run, really. Uh, Larry Perkins has signed uh, all the inside sheets for all of these books. They'll be printed in when we go to print in uh, the next month or so. Uh, he did two days of signing a couple of weeks ago uh, and I think that's the most uh, autographs he's done in a 24-hour period. We wheeled him in one day. He went as far as he could go before he ran out 25 texters. We wheeled him in the next day and and he just worked his way through it like an absolute jet. And, and, and Larry has not changed a bit. He's still got the same viewpoints. He's still got the same things that matter to him. Uh, it's been awesome to work with him, particularly Jack. His son, Jack Perkins, on this book is Jack's kept the beating heart of Perkins Engineering alive, even though it's not a a racing team anymore, but through the the restoration of a a bunch of their cars and helping out owners of some of their old cars. So we've got every car covered. There's about 50 cars, hardcover book, 400 pages. Um, More than half of them are allocated already uh, to pre-order customers. Just goes to show the passion that, people have for these books, and they're, they're a real collectible. And you don't see too many of them pop up on eBay and stuff like that in the aftermath. So I think that's a, it's a great um, uh, endorsement. And I think it's just cool when we can do projects that the fans out there really enjoy, cherish, savour, and want to hang on to. It's, it's pretty cool. And being able to sit there and, and research this and work with Larry. and I mean, I grew up... The first race I ever went to was the 1986 Sandown 500, I got Dick Johnson's autograph, and it was Perkins Engineering's very first during <laughs> uh, car race they debuted that. So I've, I've sort of ticked all the boxes with all these legends. So I never thought I'd be dealing with, working with, making books with. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
2: Speaking of legends, though, mate, um, everyone in the the whole of motorsport is so pumped and is pumped for the announcement that you've made that uh, that you're going to be with uh, with Neil Crompton writing a book with the mm. help of you, um, you know, obviously Neil's been, he's had a challenging few months with his health, uh, etc. And we, we really can't wait to see him back behind the mic, but with that thing, uh, moving forward and, and obviously working with Neil with that, what's the timeline for that? You know, a September release somewhere around there or are we, am I off the mark?
0: No, no, no! You, amazingly, for once, you're on the mark. You're very <laughs> close to that. You're on the mark. This is this is an impressive impressive work from you. Your diligent research is that's top it. notch here. You are right I, on the money. Uh, I figured you were going to were
2: game. you were releasing it in September because that's when my birthday is. So that's 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 what my philosophy was anyway. Uh,
0: Well, that's right, Steve. And I've spent 10 years trying to get Neil to write a book purely for your birthday in (laughs) twenty We're going to make it happen. We're making it happen. But in all reality, this is all seriousness. I have hammered him for 10 years about writing a book. We've worked together in television a lot over the years. I consider him to be one of my very good friends in the industry, but a mentor. He has been to so many people, both in television and race driving. And I know, Steve, you've had a long association with him too, but you know, you'd talk to him about various stories, whether we were in an airport, a commentary box, a hire car, uh, doing other things. And I used to say, that's a great story for a book. That's a great story for the book. And he kept flat-batting me away. No, nah, not doing it. No, nah, I won't do a book. No one cares. Not going to do it. <laughs> took me 10 years, twisted his arm about 43 times around, but we got there eventually. And, and as you said, yeah, obviously the the news for Neil and his health popped up while we were in the middle of putting together the book. So we just... At the point of finishing it now, um, it's being published with the great people at Collins who are doing an awesome job. It's out late September, so just in the lead-up to Bathurst. Um, it's a paperback, So, but don't worry, Steve, there's plenty of photos in there. You'll be sweet. No dramas. <laughs> oh, You're <good>. plenty <laughs> to keep you entertained. Plenty to keep <laughs> <me> entertained. you entertained. <laughs> but but he, he reveals a pile of stuff that I didn't know, and I reckon there's a pile of stuff that you guys and your listeners won't know as well. He's, he's been there and seen it all, from the kid in Ballarat that dreamed of, of getting the race at Bathurst to... I think he leant over the fence in 1977 at Bathurst, and 10 or 11 years later, he was driving for Peter Brock, his childhood idol. You just don't, you know, it's a script that great if story. you wrote it, they'd have said, nah, can't happen, won't happen, doesn't happen. Well, it happened, and the the places he's been, the stuff he's done has been really great. And obviously, the the scenario this year with, with his health, with prostate cancer uh, popping up right in the middle of all of this, I mean, the, the way he's trucked on through this has been amazing. It's been a real thrill to to work with him on it. It's a big project writing a book of any type, but um, particularly when you've got a hurdle like that in the middle of it, that also makes it a a bit more of a challenge. But I think what he's put together and I've been able to help him with it uh, is something that people are going to really enjoy for for later in the year. And The great thing is there's no existing Neil Crompton book out there. It's not, oh, here comes another one. This is it. Mm, This is, mm. um, I don't know if I'll ever get to twist his arm again to do another one. Maybe we can down the track, but uh, there's a lot of great insights in it from both the broadcasting angle From the race driving point of view because it's nearly 20 years since he retired from full-time racing so there's almost a new generation of supercar fans and followers and viewers who didn't see him race or don't know him as a driver when you know he he raced with some of the best some of the biggest you know he drove with brock's team he he was a foundation member of the holden racing team he was at wayne gardner's team for a while glenn seaton's team you know he he raced with plenty of big names and, and held his own with a lot of them so um, it's a pretty cool story. There's some funny stuff. There's some poignant stuff. There's stuff you don't know. Childhood, youngster. But you'll, you'll get the vibe through the whole thing that the guy is meticulous in everything he does. He's planned. He's plotted. Um, he is the hardest working person I've ever met. Uh, sometimes to his own detriment. He should mm. slow down a little bit. Uh, I think you, you're going to get a, a good read and a good take on Neil Crompton from, from this book. And those who feel like they, they know him through the broadcasts, and they know him from following motor racing for for so many years. We'll get an even deeper appreciation and, and understanding of him in this new book. It's uh, it's uh, I'm really I'm really pleased with it. But I'm really pleased that he's been able to to sit down and work his way through it and, and produce it. I think it's a good one.
3: Yeah, it's going to be very cool, mate. I wanted to turn the attention to the V8 Sleuth podcast. It's when I drive anywhere of uh, any distance. It's one of the few podcasts I actually listen to. Um, I want to focus a little bit on two of the more recent episodes that you did or two of the most recent guests you did, Adrian Burgess and Barry Ryan. Barry obviously being quite a controversial figure within our sport and Adrian Burgess, a bit of an enigma. I don't think people realised, you know, the armchair experts didn't quite realise his history where he's been. i got to tell you, Noonzi, those two podcasts with those two guests, that was some of the, the best motorsport podcast listening I've I've been able to do for probably 12 months, I reckon. I reckon they oh, were spot man. on, mate. I wanted to congratulate you on that publicly because if you haven't listened to it, folks, go and listen to the V8 Sleuth podcast, both Adrian Burgess and Barry Ryan, because they are mega, mega podcasts.
0: No, thanks, mate. I, I appreciate it. We like to talk to, you know, they're, they're all the, the, the top ticket names, the big name drivers that you probably hear on other podcasts and they've done the sit-down chats and I've done a few of them along the way. But I, I, like, I like doing the motor racing people. I mean, everyone's a motor racing person, but I like doing the ones that maybe only the motorsport followers know. The general sports listener might not quite um, know enough. But if they're a good story, y- you'll understand and appreciate more. So Adrian Burgess's story, he's not just the head of motorsport at Supercars. You know, Stephen worked with him for, for quite some time during his time at, at Dick Johnson Racing. But, I mean, this was a guy who worked with Mika Hacken and Ayrton Senna, glory years of McLaren in Formula One, uh, just some of the stories are great fun. I won't give them away. You've got to have a listen to the podcast, but it's um, it's, it's really cool. And Barry Ryan, as we know, outspoken chief of Erebus Motorsport, his first part of his podcast issue is our biggest day of the year when that one dropped. So clearly a lot of people, uh, whether they like him or loathe him or somewhere in between, uh, will tune in and, and listen. And, he, he's all, he's, and the other thing with Barry is he's been around and done a lot more than just Erebus. So I think it was important to be able to paint some of that Back picture story as to why he is, how he is, and um, he's one of those cats that, uh, yeah, you're either yes or no. I don't think there's any shades of grey no. in people no. with their no, with their no. thought no. process on Barry, and I think he's the same about everything else to be honest too. So you know where you stand kind words. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I appreciate the kind words on the podcast. That was something we've uh, thoroughly enjoyed. We've got a great team uh, at our place. It's not just me. Uh, you, I'm the voice that you hear, but we've got a, a great team of guys who work behind the scenes and put all this stuff together. I mean, everyone needs an ins, don't they? Like, really. You know, the, the backbone of the team, the the first picked every week that is on the, the board with the magnet before anybody yep. else gets up there. So, in that's, our case, that's... it's Will Dale, ripping rider, ripping uh, podcast duty. He, he needs a bit of love and he, he needs uh, to be acknowledged too because... Um, he's, he's a guru without him. I'm nowhere.
3: And in, in our case, mate, a hundred percent agree. And in our case, it's Nimsy. We just, yeah. we just walk in and hear the voices. He's the one on the pots and pans and doing all the hard work and doing all the research. So. Hey,
2: uh, I know we've been doing a lot of talking here just about podcasts and this and that and who's a legend and who's not and we obviously haven't spoken about Matty, we which is for a reason but um
1: <laughs> oh, uh, geez, there's a drive wow uh, how's
2: uh, that drive by uh, on there <laughs> I actually because Noons is more than just a you know a, a history person a of motorsport you know uh-huh. he knows about the current side of things too now I, I just want to get your I just want to get your opinion mate on on the year to date I mean SVG's been an amazing form, you know. And then I want to roll that into a bit of what your thoughts are on the Gen 3 and how they're proposing to roll that out and all that sort of thing because I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are um, on on both subjects.
0: Yeah, it's probably two parts of it, Stevie. I think the first Mm -hmm. part of it is the season so far. You're right. 2021 is, is Shane Van Gisbergen. There's no other way. I mean, he's the bionic man. He busts a collarbone. He goes and wins from 17th on the grid at Sandown. He's won 10 races of the first 16. I can't help but feel where would we be at if Roger Penske was still in the Supercars Championship because would DJR be needing to kind of get up and going again? Would they have kept the momentum rolling? Ifs, buts and maybes, we can't worry about it. We've got to deal with what we've got. So Van Giesburg in that. I think he's hit the sweet spot of here. Every gun driver, you can identify a period of, Two or three years of their career where they are at their peak. Mark Scaife in the early two thousands, Ambrose in the middle two thousands, um, Craig Lowndes in the mid to late nineties, Brock in the eighties, Dickie J in the late eighties with the Sierras. Everyone has that moment where their their mountain is that they're at the peak. And Vagis Gisbergen's at that at the moment. He's in the the best team, the best car, and he's doing the job. He's smoking Jamie Winkup for crying out loud. Yeah, and Jamie 100%. Winkup is no hack. He's no he is not the the. Giz Bergen's reminding me so much of Winkup Cup in his early championship winning years, that sort of 2011, 12, 13 period where he won more than he didn't win. He won more than everybody else. And it was the well, way he was that doing he the
2: same. He was doing the same to Craig Lowndes as what SVG is doing to Correct. him. Correct. You
0: beat me to it, Steve. Mm. Exactly the same um, thought process that I had. It, yep. Just the roles are reversed now. Winkup Cup has been there and done it and won it and won it a lot. Uh, the hunger is there to a point, but not to the point it was when you're trying to prove yourself, when you don't have a slice of the race team to worry about and own, when you don't have other considerations in your life with the business and other stuff. When you're young and single and focused and that's all you're doing is car racing, that's what Shane Van Gisbergen's all about. So we're seeing proof of that now. Uh, on, on their day, some of the other teams can land a blow, but nowhere near the consistency level. So... It's his championship to lose. He's nearly a full round in front at the halfway mark, which is a massive, massive swing. It's not over. And that's not me trying to be Mr. Positive pants. But the reality is there's still too many points on the table to go getting your trophy at your out and getting a job done nice and early for, for him this year. It's it's not quite that simple and it's not quite that easy. But um, I think the, the other parts of your question, Gen 3, lots said, lots written. uh Right call in delaying it. They were never going to be ready for the start of next year. It just wasn't going to happen, even with yeah. everyone's best of intent. I'm not weirded out by the concept of changing carp um, generations in the middle of a championship season. I actually, if it's best to get it going, and it can be going before uh, the end of next year, August is kind of a, a tabbed period. I'd be cool with that, but I've got a weird feeling they're relying so much on the supply of materials from overseas I could see them still using the same generation of car all the way till the end of next year to make sure yeah. that Gen 3 is bang on for the following season and, and we get it out of the blocks and off and racing well the, the following year. But, I mean, it's going to be a, a bit of a suck it and see thing. But, uh, again, we're coming to the end of a development phase of a, a platform of car of sort of about 10 years, car of the future, it's evolved to the, the current cars. Uh, by this stage of all of these periods, the top teams and the big guns are the ones who do all the winning. We saw it in the last year at the end of 2012 when Triple Eight and FPR won every race that season. Uh, they figure out the cars. They've got all the nuances down right. They've got their process in place. When we mix it up again and get the new cars in, it will re-jumble it. The cream still rises, but it has to rise a different way up through the bowl to get to the top. So I'm looking forward to it, but I think we've still got a fair way to go with, with the cars that we've, we've got to play with at the moment. But a lot of water going to the bridge, and as you all know, the way of the world at the moment, who knows, things change in an instance. So uh, can't wait to see some of those cars, those prototype cars hit the track, to hear what they sound like, to see what they look like on the road with their, their physical presence, a bit more like a road car. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a new era. We'll, we'll wait and see what we get.
1: Before we get to Gen Three, let's not forget the history that you can find off Car of the Future and previous other generations of the car. I mean, you could pick up the, a copy of uh, Racing the Line, the history of Holden in motorsport. Uh, before we finally farewell Holden, make sure you pick up the complete history available now at the V8 Sleuth Bookshop, along with the Adelaide Five Hundred book as well. If I missed anything, there, Nunes. Oh, the Bathurst 12-hour huh? oh, yeah. book, I got that for Christmas, highlighted I my, play. I think my
3: who's,
0: name was in it once in or twice, highlighted I think, that. I think you're all in the 12-hour book except for NIM. so we
1: need to get him an entry for next year. years, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do, too. Can you put a Nissan Pintara in the 12-hour uh, book? <laughs> you put a wing on the back, mate, and you're in, no problem. <laughs> hey, but, dudes, we always love getting you on board, mate. And uh, just quickly, before we let you go, too, a couple of years ago, we uh, well, you announced the V8 sleuth touring car classic now obviously a lot of a lot has happened to you know knock those plans off the rails but i happen to see that uh, kumo has thrown its support behind a new v8 classic series any chance that we might be able to bring back the uh, idea of the touring car classic oh
0: too much on the plate at the moment mate. Oh, i think that what you point to is right kumo have got a whole pile of tires lying around because the Super 3 category, which was V8 Touring Cars, is now racing the Super 2. They've got to use the Dunlop to be on that platform with supercars. So Kim have got a bunch of tyres. There's a bunch of old supercars lying around. So they're going to merge the two things together and hopefully get a, a bit of a field out there for a few, few races this year. But never say never. A V8 Sleuth Classic of some description down the track would be great to put together. But given the way of the world with COVID and border restrictions and budgets and all that sort of stuff, it's probably something that will... We'll put on hold, make some more books and reevaluate in the future. But you know what I want to do? I want to see Stevie J in one of the old D J R A U Falcons or something similar. First entry. I'll put the event on if he locks himself in coming come and have a steer.
2: Yeah, I'll come and have a steer. That'd be good fun. Oh, yeah, mint. That'd be good fun. I'd probably have to fight my son to get in it too. That's the <laughs> yeah. thing at the moment. <laughs> <Good> but, <point.
3: laughs> yeah.
2: But um, oh, I'd love to. That'd be cool. You know, back to a back to back to great. well, what I call grassroots, back to a normal H-pattern gearbox and and,
3: and... and an understeering pig. And an understeering awesome. pig. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.
1: When you go off the road, it looks like a bulldozer. It looks like a Kubota Another tractor. Another glory day. Another glory day. Dudes, we appreciate it. Jump on board and being our Roco Filters feature interview. Remember to ask a mechanic for Roco Filters, the professional's choice. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the V8 Sleuth bookshop and see what you got coming in. But uh, thanks for being on the driver's seat. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys.